Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Najee was running the ball hard. Um, it was good to see. I think the first play of that four-minute drive uh, was like a seven-play run, and, and Najee just hit it hard and carried guys a few yards, and um, that, was, that was good to see. Oh, yeah. And we're going to need Najee to be running hard come Sunday night. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of stuff that's got to go on between now and then. Got to get clearance for Kenny, all that sort of stuff. But, uh, by the way, welcome to Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. We are down Max today. Max has got some stuff going on he's got to attend to. So he's getting attended to that. And, uh, by the way, Wes will sit in for Max. And, Wesley, uh, we got, um, you know, the last hurdle for Kenny, hopefully, this will be today as he participates. Everybody's expecting all things are, are go, but uh, you just never know until you know. Absolutely. That's, uh, you know, that is the nature of the beast when you're when you're dealing with concussions, when you're dealing with head injuries, right? Um, it's great that he's been full participant the past two days. There's certainly always uh, that possibility of a, of a setback in, in these regards, uh, but you hope that he wakes up today feeling fine, all good. And uh, you know, gets all uh, all squared away for Sunday after after two straight days of uh, of full practice participation. Now, the one downer that we've heard about that did not practice was Stephen Sims. Now, Sims got uh, he tweaked his hammy. He hit you know he hit over twenty mile an hour on that kickoff return. Yeah, how about that? It's flying out there. I couldn't go twenty miles an hour if I fell off the, the edge of the Grand Canyon <laughs> and you timed me on the way down. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'd still be slow there. But the fact it would, it would be fast enough, obviously. <laughs> Fat guys have a lot of gravity pulling them That's down. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. Uh, but seriously, um, you know, thinking about it, uh, Stephen Sims is a guy that uh, you know you just love the fact this guy came in and really gave a, a really goose 
to the uh, special teams, you know, the returns. Yeah. I not- mean, and now uh, it's kind of a little aggravating that, you know, he could miss this game. It certainly is. Um, man, he he not only provided the pop that you were looking for and, and a lot of field p- flipping plays, I think, you know, you and I at, at one point, we were all talking about this in the booth on Sunday. There was one point in the third quarter there that the Steelers offense had 140 yards and Steven Sims had 135 yards in returns. I mean, yes. he, had, he had flipped the field himself almost as much as the offense had gained yards on the afternoon. That's fantastic. That's what the Steelers needed um, to hang in that game. Yeah, you know, you're frustrated because he has the big 89-yard return and, and you're set up, you know, first and first uh, – well, not first and goal, but first and 10 from the 12-yard line inside the red zone, and you're unable to get a touchdown there. But obviously, in retrospect, those three points were massive. Um, you know, if the Steelers get the ball at their own 30-yard line, maybe they pick up a first down or two and then they end up punting. Uh, that's a little bit different, obviously. So uh, you saw his tangible impact in just one game uh, and obviously just the ball security of, of you know, of not, not putting the thing on the ground like we had seen a couple times to start the season. Right. So, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. You know, you, um, you wanted, I think, to see Steven Sims be able to build on that performance and, and continue uh, to have those field-flipping abilities for the Steelers. But the good news is, Wolf, you know, other than Steven Sims, it looks pretty encouraging across the, uh, across the practice report from what we saw yesterday. And obviously Thursday is that big indicator day for your, your Sunday availability. Well, there was a lot of guys upgraded, but there was one guy that went on there that uh, we didn't anticipate, and that was James Pierre. That was James Pierre. I mean, yes. I was a little surprised about that. I hope great, great googly moogly. I hope he didn't go and uh, tweak something yesterday. Now, I mean, see, you they, got me. I thought we were going to talk about all the positivity here. You got me sad about James Pierre. <laughs> no, and we're not going to get sad about it. You no, know? you're right. It's it's unfortunate too because I mean he's another one who's coming off a really strong performance on Sunday. Oh, really? Absolutely. You know, I mean, the fact is he came back after he hadn't found the field really since uh, uh, 2021, except against, uh, what, uh, two weeks ago. They got him back out, and and then, you know, he did well, and they did well again. Uh, You hope that he can put together um, enough mojo here to get himself in the games, be available for the game Sunday. But uh, he got downgraded yesterday. He got listed with a limited uh, practice yesterday, and I uh, don't know what it was, but anyhow, upgraded. Well, hi- oh, occur- according to the uh, the post practice report, it was a hip for James Pierre. A hip, yeah. Okay. So well, I mean, you're right. Doinked. He he wasn't on the he wasn't on the injury list at all on Wednesday, and then was listed as limited with a hip on Thursday. So, I mean, hey, you and I, we don't have to be mind readers. You can kind of just just read the tea leaves there and and see that you know that something did happen. But but like you said, hopefully he just got doinked. He was limited in a precautionary sense, and and you know they just wanted to make sure not to to do anything to risk that for Sunday. Well, you know how it goes: the hip bones connected to the thigh bone, hey. the thigh bones connected to. So you know, regardless, where's the noggination bone connected? <laughs> you know, that's that's all ligamentized and somewhere in there. You know what I mean? That's the way it is. That's that's a highly technical term. You understand? I do. Okay, I do. So we also got uh, upgraded here, Larry Ogunjobi. Yep. That is so big. Yeah, to go from uh, no practice on Wednesday to a full participant on Thursday, that's that's substantial because it's not like he went from did not practice to limited, right? Right. Um, he he went from not practicing on Wednesday to to full go on Thursday. That's very encouraging. Um, and uh, again, Thursday is kind of that day that. 
more times than not, there's no exact science to all this, but but for the people out there listening who might not be, you know, as, as big a football junkies as we are, right? Right. Uh, if, if you're a full participant on a Thursday practice, that's a very good indicator for your status on Sunday usually. Now, again, there are exceptions there, but Thursday is really the, the last full install day, right? Because you, you do a walkthrough on Friday, you're traveling on Saturday, um, to see him go from no practice on Wednesday to a full participant yesterday, that to me is very encouraging about about his status for, for the Dolphins this weekend. There's no question about it, you know. But you think back a couple of weeks ago, Levi Wallace and uh, Minka were downgraded after being limited. Yep. You know, and so that's why it's it's important. You got to k- keep track of this stuff day by day, week by week, as you move along, you know. And it's going to be really important because Larry O. Is going to be needed. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things is Miami offense. It's a, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a throw. This is a throwing it down the field offense. Yes. But one of the things they do is they'll run some trap blocks. They got some wham blocks uh, from both the fullback and the tight end. Um, they influence block with you know guards pulling and doing stuff like that to set the the, the DT up the three techs. So. Larry O, being a guy that's got a lot of experience and everything, that's got to be something that would be comforting to me. If I'm the D line coach, if I'm saying to myself, "Okay, I got, I got, you want to wham me? Okay, I got Larry O. Good luck. Yeah. All no. right, bring your tight end in there. Bring Alec Ingold, the fullback, yep. in there trying to wham him. I want to see what you can do when Larry sees you. <laughs> and and he was an, uh, another one. I mean, we're talking about difference makers on Sunday, right? He he certainly was was at the top of that list. Um, and I think we finally have started to see the interior of that defensive line, you know, come together and figure this thing out. Uh, they obviously had to do some recalibrating themselves with some injuries early on, the absence of TJ Watt, all these different things. But man, you really saw, you know, what we what we saw in Cincinnati and what we thought, what we were hopeful we were going to see the entire season before some unfortunate injury timing. Um, you know, Cam Hayward and Larry O really being those those dominant forces uh, in the middle of the defensive line, and and you're certainly going to need that against Miami because you're right, Wolf. When everybody thinks about the Dolphins, rightfully so, I mean, you think about you think about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and just the speed and the playmakers that they have on the outside. But that's how they'll get you is they'll they'll law you to sleep with those guys, and then as soon as you're not expecting it, they turn to the run game, and that's how a lot of their victories they've been able to kind of put on ice and and wear other teams down. It's an offense that can that can beat you a lot of different ways. Mike Gusecki in the middle of the field. I'm sure right. we'll talk about all these things as we go along. But I think a lot of people, they you know they see Tyreek Hill and they see Jalen Waddell and they see Mike Gusecki and they see what Tua's been able to do when he's been healthy and they think, all right, these guys are just going to throw it all over the field, right? Well, they will at times, but they also are, are, are very committed to the run game and they use it very effectively. So, yeah, Larry O, Cam Hayward, Big uh, big game for them on Sunday night, and to, to see Larry O as a full participant yesterday, very encouraging. Absolutely. Yeah, the dude is so powerful, you know, and he's got he's just got a low center of gravity. And, uh, you know, I, I've noticed a couple times when they try to wham him, the, the, the whamming doesn't go so well for the whammer. <laughs> you know, it's better to be Larry O in that situation when the guy's trying to wham him because they don't wham well when they wham Larry. So – uh, I will say this. Uh, we got Larry O up. That's good. Akello Witherspoon, another guy, all right, that could play a prominent role. Now, we got to yep. see, you know, he's been upgraded. Uh, he was, I believe, was full practice. Correct. Um, so he's got that hammy. Now, here's the problem. Those hammies are, are twitchy little things. You know, and the thing about hammies is you never really know if they're healed unless you go full go. 
But, you know, then you go full go, and then you get a tire flat in your hammy. You know, the thing doesn't does not go well or something. That's a problem. So I'm hopeful. You know, you always got to do the different tests, and, you, you know, the one was always dragging the heel that we always had to – they always taught us, you know, trying to see if there's any tenderness in the hamstring. But certainly Akella Witherspoon, you hope that he's able to recover from that and be a full participant come Sunday. Don't know anything about it yet. You know, we'll just see. But he was upgraded, and that's one guy there that could make a big difference in this uh, sort of – you know, I think of Minka Fitzpatrick. He was talking about Tyreek Hill. How do you cover Tyreek Hill? And Minka says, you run as fast as you can. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, I mean, that, that that is the truth. And, and yeah, you need all hands on deck uh, for this game. Listen, you were able to get some some valiant efforts from from a lot of different guys putting their hands in the pile on Sunday, and 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 that was great to see. But you want those. You want the cavalry returning, right? You want those reinforcements as soon as possible. And uh, Akella Witherspoon, Cam Sutton, Levi Wallace, Mega Fitzpatrick, all trending in the right direction. All full practice participants uh, yesterday, and Levi has been all week, which is great to see as well. Too him recovering from that concussion. It's it's very encouraging. The injury report, period, Wolf. But I but particularly on defense. I mean. Cam Sutton was limited on Wednesday and then a full participant yesterday. Akella yes. Witherspoon, limited on Wednesday, full participant yesterday. Both those guys trending in the right direction. Same with Minka, limited on Wednesday, full yesterday. Levi has been full all week. That's great to see. Um, you, you're going to need those guys in the secondary uh, because, again, this is a – man, this is a Dolphins wide receiver unit that has got speed to burn, and, and you need – you need your top guys out there. Again, you 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 take your you do the Heinz board, right? You you take your hat off and give it to them. The yeah. <laughs> everybody who filled in in the secondary <laughs> uh, on, on Sunday and what they were able to do against Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Godwin and a, and a very talented unit there in, in Tampa themselves. But this Miami Dolphins group, they've got speed um, like like very few offenses in the National Football League, and and you got to make sure that 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 is accounted for and. And having all those guys trending in the right direction and looking like they're going to play certainly is a good start. Well, one of the things that, it, first of all, is just getting Minka back. And by the way, you know, you don't think Minka had this one circled on the calendar? Oh, you know it. You know it, baby. You I know mean, it. You think about it. Uh, you go back. He lives there. You know, he's got he's got family down there, what have you, you know, and friends and, and so forth. And you're going to play in front of. Uh, you know, a bunch of people that you used to play in front of, now you no longer do, so you're part of another team. You come back, oh, you want to put it on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to. And one of the things about Mickey, he's one of those guys, you know, there are these, there is that higher echelon of player who, whether it's uh, the Samurai Sixth Sense that they develop over the years, like a, a Troy Palomalo or what have you. Sure. But they, the, the, the ability to come up big in big play moments and big games. It's it's just a, it's a knack. It's T.J. Watt, you know. It's Minka Fitzpatrick. It's uh, guys back in my day like Donnie Shell, you know, Mel Blunt, the great Mel Blunt. Those guys just having that ability, uh, you know, uh, John Stallworth, uh, Lynn Swan, Franco, uh, Bradshaw. You know, what I mean, that ability to turn it up somehow and in the biggest, yep. most important parts of the game, they come on. And I think this is one of these things that you know I wouldn't be surprised at all. It. it 
maybe won't happen, you know, what have you, but if make a pick six or did something unusual oh, yeah. again, because that's just, that's him. That's who he is. That's what it happens. That's what I love about the guy. The guy is unpredictable in that area because he is such a big back-end contributor, one of those guys that, you know, you can't account for all the times, but you always got to look for him. And he's not like Troy. It's like when Joe Flacco said, follow the hair. Well, he's got no hair to follow. <laughs> Doesn't stick out, all right? But they know where this guy is because this guy makes such big plays all the time. Follow the 39 maybe instead there, of the Maybe hair. that, yeah, you know. You're absolutely right. I mean, everybody saw that in Cincinnati week one. That was, you know, kind of the uh, the crown jewel of Minka's performances so far this season. I also think back to, though, Wolf, in, in 2019, the last time the Steelers played the Dolphins here in Pittsburgh, Minka had two interceptions in oh, that game. Oh, that's right. Yes, you know, uh, and the Steelers end up winning. See, that you're game. proving what I don't know, what I with I, what and I see, suspected that's why, already. That's why you and I are a good combination. <laughs> you know, you. I'm you, trying to figure out what I just said. You're the one who played in the NFL for like a baker's dozen years and knows what you're talking about. I'm the I'm the the memory and, and stats and numbers dork over here. You know, that's we, good because I could good use some of that. We make a nice blend here. <laughs> but yeah, the last time, I mean, the last time the Steelers played against the Dolphins. Minka had two interceptions in that game. One uh, set up Deontay Johnson's 45-yard touchdown right before the half, which was right. big for the Steelers to make that a one-score game. They end up winning by 13 points. Those two interceptions were, were crucial in the swings there to to build that lead, or, or I should say to, to get back into the game and then build that lead. Um, he is a, he's a big game player. He, he certainly is. I, I don't think anyone can deny that. You know he's going to want to you know, put on a little extra against his old team. Listen, right. these these guys are professionals, and, and Mink has been asked about that this week. And uh, Brian Flores, you know, they, they they Mike Tomlin even addressed it in his Tuesday press conference before he was asked about it because he knew he was going to get asked about it. Those guys are professionals. You know, they're it's not like they're staying at the facility extra long because, oh, we really want to beat the Dolphins, our old employer, this week. And those, those guys are professionals. They're buttoned up. They're dialed in. They want to win. Every single week, it's nameless gray faces in a, in a way, right? Right, with a Miami helmet on. It's it. it's exact, but exactly. <laughs> so it's not like it's not like they're sleeping extra at the facility and they're getting there two hours earlier in the mornings this week because we really want to beat the Dolphins. But at the same time, they step out onto that field. They remember being in that stadium. They see that that uh, you know that dolphin logo, that fish in the air there. Which I gotta say, pretty cool logo. They're wearing the throwbacks on Sunday night. Those are pretty oh, cool. They are. They are, okay. yeah. Those are pretty cool helmets and pretty cool colors. But it'll it'll put a little extra pep in your step for for Flores for Minka and uh, and I'm excited now in what you know feels like a, a Steelers defense that besides T.J. Watt obviously is really starting to to get everybody back to have the cavalry uh, together once again. Uh, they're going to have some opportunities to make some plays on Sunday night because this Miami offense, it's it's not a conservative one, right, Wolf? No, they're they're no. going to take shots. They're going to try and They'll take a lot and, of shots and, and, and make some plays as well too. And, and when you're playing that type of offense, that obviously in the secondary gives you more opportunity. And, yeah, certainly watch number 39 on Sunday night because uh, a couple big plays, certainly down the stretch, that, that would not surprise any of us. In fact, Wolf, we might even be expecting it. Yeah, I know, the poor guy. I'm just coming back. All right, you know, you're expecting miracles. <laughs> like uh, Miracle Max and uh, what was it with that? Uh, oh, um, oh, what was that movie with Miracle uh, Max? Yeah, that was that was uh, the Princess oh, Bride. Princess Bride. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was. I was right on the tip of my tongue. 
But yes, Miracle I'm thinking Max. Like, I'm thinking like some uh, some superhero movie there. So Miracle <laughs> Max. Yes, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. <laughs> but you know, Cam Sutton is a big guy to have back too. I mean, Cam Sutton is an important cog back there. Uh, he, he His ability to move inside and outside like that presents problems for the opposing offensive coordinator uh, because this guy can do so much. And I'm glad. I really like Cam. He's, he's just like uh, one of those aces guys. You know, he's always mm-hmm. – you talk about a guy that's buttoned down and, and uh, you know, dots the I's, crosses the T. That's one of those guys. Not to mention, of course, Levi Wallace, but also the Muth. All right? The Muth is going to be back, hopefully. Right? Full I mean, practice participant yes. uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Exactly Good sign. so. Good sign. Yes. So, hopefully, his uh, noggin is doing well and uh, that, uh, you know, he's going to be able to contribute. Because, look, I think uh, he and Kenny, I think they um, they got a little bit of ESPN stuff going on they there. They do. They have a, a good connection. They have a sixth sense. They do. And not to mention, let's, for, let's not forget Miles Jack and Chris Wormley both had ankles. They're back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mason Cole and James Daniel. Well, they were also full practice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's when you look at the injury report again. It's it's unfortunate with James Pierre, with him going from you know not listed with anything to being limited with a hip on Thursday. But other than that, everyone, Kenny, full participant all week. Levi, full participant all week. Pat Fryermuth, full participant all week. Sutton, Akello, Levi, Minka, Miles, Jack, Mason, Cole, James, Daniels. They all go from limited to full participant, as do uh, Chris Wormley. And and Larry O going from no practice to full participant that that's got to be encouraging. You know we we all know how beat up this team was on Thursday and how they have been at times throughout this season. But now all of a sudden Wolf, just when you need him the most, it, it, again aside from T.J. Watt, he is obviously uh, maybe the biggest one in this equation, the reigning defensive player of the year. But aside from T.J., who you know we've all kind of had an, an idea of the timeline and didn't think it would be just quite yet for his return. You you got. Pretty much everything here moving in the right direction at a time when, you know, you're, you're really gearing up to make a run at this thing and you've got two big games on the road these next two weeks. It's, it's a welcome sight to see. It's a sight for sore eyes, certainly, that Thursday practice report. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to start the scouting report. But before that, you've heard of the movie Snake on a Pla- Snakes on a Plane? <laughs> I'm oh, going to no. tell oh, you about no. it when it really happened. Oh, yeah, right here in the locker room. Wolf, Starks, Wes, the Ninjas, everybody's on board here getting ready for Miami. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Man, they are an attacking group. Um, They're a blitzing group. Um, They do a really good job of staying close to people. They're very good at playing man-to-man. Xavier Howard um, is a signature guy on the back end that kind of leads that charge. Uh, Jerome Baker is an all-situation second-level linebacker. Um, that's a good sideline to sideline tackler, good blitzer, good cover guy. He's really a man for all circumstances. His versatility really allows them to be multiple in terms of the fronts and things that they provide you. His athleticism allows him to do a lot of things, cover people, blitz, uh, play underneath zones. Um, he's a really good and versatile player, but but they all their linebackers are. they got a nice division of labor of people that you have to deal with. Roberts is a 
is a run-stopping first and second down guy uh, who gets after people really well up front. For them, uh, Wilkins is a really talented guy. Davis uh, is a load. Um, the interior bigs up front are uh, going to create some serious challenges for us. They're good on the edge. Um, they, they got quality people on the edge as well. Um, Melvin Ingram obviously is a new acquisition for them and playing quite a bit for them on the edge as well. But for us, um, it's about minimizing negativity and oftentimes they create negativity with a myriad of blitz packages and things that they run. And indeed, Mike Tomlin lays it out to you. This is an attacking group. This is one of these outfits that are going to come at you and, and they're going to blitz and try to dislodge the ball, disrupt, be any kind of disruptor that they can be. And uh, by the way, you're in the locker room with Wolf West and the Ninjas because uh, Max is on the leave right now taking care of some business. But uh, Wes is sitting in for him. By the way, Tall Kathy just came by with some pastries. What? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't get oh, all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go yell at her. Where yeah. are my pastries? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, it's a wonderful, delectable there pastry. And uh, you son of a. <laughs> yeah, I got there first. So anyhow, <laughs> I love it when that happens. But you God know, bless Tall Kathy. <laughs> Although she's, she's on my bad list right now. <laughs> well, snakes on a plane. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, you know it. Oh, I don't. I, I can't miss a Samuel L. Jackson movie. Come Sam, on now. Sam Jackson is he's pretty cool. I like him. <laughs> so anyhow, there was a real snake on a plane. Happened on a United Airlines flight. It was from Florida to New Jersey, right? It was about a week or so ago. So the passengers, they're on a United Airlines flight, and they go absolutely bonkers when it was discovered that a garter snake was slithering about in the business class. Now, now can you imagine that? Now, Wolf, you know you and I are about to get on a plane tomorrow, right? Right, right. But so, so you, I, no you, snakes, though. You sure you're telling this story at the right time? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sitting there going, well, you really want Well, you know, I mean, it, it, it did happen. And yeah, it, it did uh, happen. You know, but the fact of the matter is it was a garter snake. Did you ever see a garter snake? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not. They're not, it, they're not much. No, no. Now, I'll tell you a, a situation I had one time back in my playing days. In the off season. I was sent to a park in West Virginia. They were having some sort of. You know, uh, like celebration there, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, they had all these animals exhibit stuff sure, like that. Sure. And so I was as being a a player, I, I was down there. So I go with my daughter Megan, right? So I'm down there with Megan, and Megan goes, "Dad, look, there's a big uh, anaconda over there, a boa constrictor, whatever they call those, things, the python, right? It's over there. It's like 12 feet long, and I don't know, a couple hundred pounds or." Uh, Something like that, you know? And she says, let's get our picture taken with it. I'm like, oh, honey, you don't want that. And inside, I'm like going, are you kidding me? You know, I'm definitely afraid of snakes anymore. Oh, are you? you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, I do not do snakes well, right? Interesting. So I'm sitting there, and my my little daughter at this time, she's like seven years old, something like that. She looks at me and goes, Daddy, are you afraid of snakes? And like, <laughs> uh, Dad's not afraid of anything. Dad's not afraid of anything. No, 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 no. You'll find this out as your little ones grow up. You know, Dad's not afraid of anything. Dad's got it covered. No problem. And suddenly, I found myself having to get this snake. I am holding the head in my left hand, right? You know, behind the the the, the sure. jaws, right? Sure. This thing is on my shoulders. My daughter Megan is holding the tail about like six inches of it, right? And she's like, she's all getting woolly about it, you know, like, ooh, 
you know? And this thing's on my shoulders. I got a picture of it somewhere. It's in the, in the house. And it, the look on my face is, take the picture, take the picture, take quick, the snake, quick, take quick. the picture, quick. <laughs> oh, that was awful. It's amazing that a little one or two pound snake can make big bad Craig Wolfley oh, all, my goodness. all squirmish, but it is funny how that works. What a weenie I am. I mean, well, think about it. The snake was sli- was slithering around in, in business class. Didn't go up to first class. Of course, it's going to bother the, the regular folks, right? Like you couldn't put that up in the first class and sit there and go, you know, go bug them guys. You know, I don't want to be bugged. But the snake was released into the wild after landing in New Jersey. I wonder how a Florida snake is going to get along in New Jersey. That could be. Not very well. Yeah, I would think, you know, in the Jersey snakes. They're it's, like. It's, <laughs> those Jersey snakes, they run on soft pretzels and Wawa, baby. <laughs> That's exactly so. Uh, get all that sunshine. Yeah, that's like uh, that's like taking me in the middle of February and dropping me down in Florida. I mean, you're just you're asking for trouble, <laughs> Sun, sunburn, a whole lot of pastiness. That's just oh, not good. No, you know what? I tan like a tomato. I mean, it's like it's pitiful. Well, you, so you got that. You got to put the sunscreen on the noggin too. Oh man, do I ever! All right, so we we're looking at this this uh, Miami defense, and you take a look at the Miami, uh, the Miamians, okay. This is a, a defense that is based on attacking and blitzing. They're a th- basically a 3-4 base Oki outfit that they'll shade from head up, inside eye, whatever, based on the strength of the formation, down distance, and personnel. They have the normal accoutrement of uh, sub-packages and so forth. This is a team, it's odd. Not really. I guess it's not odd when you think about it. They won three in a row, then they've lost three in a row. Of course, it all coincides with Tua getting knocked out. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. That kind of is the point that their season changed around. You know, they were 3-0, and they were flying high, and then they had that situation with Tua. They've lost three straight since then. Um, and that's the thing, too. You know, obviously we're all aware of the desperation on our side, right? You know, you, right. you win in Cincinnati to start the season, you lose four straight, now you get a, a victory against Tampa Bay. If you get this one, you could be – you know, potentially tied for the division lead, if not right on the heels. You know, you're right back in the thick of things. But make no mistake, Miami is – they're they're having all those same conversations this week. Hey, right. we won three in a row. Now we've lost three in a row. It's Sunday night football back home. We've got two a back. It's time to get this thing moving in the right direction once again. That's what I'm most excited for, other than obviously the 80-degree weather that we're going to have down there in, <laughs> in, in Miami this weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting a – an electric football game in that regard. I really am because you have two desperate football teams. You know, last week the Steelers were desperate. Tampa Bay not really quite matching that intensity. It's not like they had a great record, but they were still first in the NFC South uh, at the time last week when, when they were getting ready to, to play over at Akershire Stadium. You've got two teams that really they're looking at this as a as an early season swing game of, you know, we can win this and we're all right. We're right back where we need to be. We're right in the thick of things for the division. We lose this. It's, you know, it's going to be more of an uphill battle throughout the the rest of the season here to get back where we need to be. I'm I'm expecting that to, to show through on Sunday night under the lights down there on South Beach. You know, that, that's a good summary. Uh, I look at this and I think to myself, you know, this is a team that beat the the Pats, they beat the Ravens, they beat Buffalo, yep. and they lost to Cincy, the Jets, and Minnesota. 
Now, Buffalo game, I think they just melted the Bills down. They that's did. The, I mean, that's really what it was all about. Speaking of, speaking of pasty northern boys going exactly. down south. Yeah, I mean, in South Florida, you're there in, in – Late September, early October, whatever. No, they were. It was September, so they're down there. And I remember just watching the game, and it was a tremendous game. But you could see where the Northern boys were just melting down. I mean, they were just having all kinds of issues. And the fact is, at Hard Rock Stadium, because we just found this out with Minnesota, that its position, the stadium is, of course, so that the home team is in the shade and the visiting team is in the sun. Mm-hmm. Well, in, with, with, when the Vikes, the Vikes are sitting there in 122 degrees heat as that sun is just beating down on them in Hard Rock Stadium. And on the other side, yeah, it's still hot. It's at like 92, but it's certainly not as hot as it is over across the field. And you've got guys that are, you know, they're already weatherized there playing in South Florida, that being the Miami Dolphins. Right, so you're all, all, all weather protected there, but you got the Buff Bills coming, and those guys are. You talk about, you know, having uh, twenty weight oil for blood. You know, it's a little thick. Yeah. You know, and they come down from <laughs> Buffalo, and you know that that was just a game that if that had been played in Orchard Park in like sixty degree weather, I think that game would have been totally different. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But that hey, that's why they call it home field advantage, right? And the, right, right. The good news for the Steelers, Wolf, is because it is. I mean, it's supposed to be eighty degrees Saturday and Sunday. I think it's like eighty three Saturday, eighty two Sunday, something like that. The cool breeze. Jerry Dulac laid out the uh, the weather report for us yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, it's a night game. It's a night game. That's the that's where if you're the Steelers. You're you're happy that that it worked out this way because you are you know in Miami it's still uh, it sounds funny because we're all you know we're all bundling up here but but in Miami it's I mean it's like an extension of summer for them right now it's it's still about eighty degrees every single day um, it's it's nice that you're not going to have to play there at one o'clock with the sun beating down when oh, it would yeah. be you know when it would be in the eighties and it would feel like it was in the nineties down there on the field uh, it'll be a night game the sun will be down by kickoff so. At least you're you're fortunate in that regard that you're not you know Buffalo or Minnesota who had to stand on that sideline in the in the beating heat for for four hours. You know the I I remember playing down there one year um, and it was so hot and it was like October November and you know we we were practicing in like uh, practically snow conditions at the time you know just sure. it was one of those cold times that hit up here and we went down there and played i'll never forget on the first play of the third quarter it was a toss 32 trap so i'm pulling around mike webster from from the left guard spot i'm turning up on the the great john offerdahl who was a inside linebacker for the miami Dolphs, right so i i turn up on him and i i'm digging him out there and i start to cramp in my one thigh my right thigh, I'll never forget it. As I'm digging them out, you know, and, and you, you're using your, your ham hocks and you're, you got the old uh, ham hocks uh, churn in there. Then all of a sudden I started cramping up and then, then it released and walked back to the huddle. I remember after that thinking, oh boy, this isn't going to end well for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's like every other time, you know, I, I'm sitting there. This was back in, we were playing the Orange Bowl. That's how long ago it was, right? Yeah. So, so we finished the game and I'm sitting there and about, 20 minutes after the game's over, uh, after I finished the whole thing, all of a sudden I start popping like like popcorn. You know, it's cramp oh here, cramp there. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way to Key Biscayne Hospital, and I got to stay at the hospital because we couldn't do IV bags the way that they do them, you know, today. Sure. Oh, my goodness. You talk about what a bummer. 
Oh. You know, there I am. You know, couldn't celebrate the win right, with the boys right. or nothing like that. And they got to stay behind at Key Biscayne Hospital. Oh, my goodness. But I will say this, Dr. St. Mary, who was the doc for the, the Dolphins, really righteous dude. I, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm just like lamenting the fact I'm stuck here overnight in the hospital. <laughs> he comes by with a pizza and an adult beverage. And I was like, thank you. Nice. That was, just, that was nice. That's just what the doctor ordered. Exactly so. And here's another thing the doctor ordered. We got to go to break. So we're going to continue with the scouting report here in the locker room with Wolf, Wes, and the Ninjas right here on SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wesley Euler here at the SNR Breaking News Desk via Burt Loughton, the Steelers Senior Director of Communications, Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth, quarterback Kenny Pickett, and cornerback Levi Wallace have been cleared and are no longer in concussion protocol. I'm Wesley Euler at the SNR Breaking News Desk. Wolf, back to you. <laughs> oh, I love it. I hear that music and I know, ooh, something big is coming up. And indeed, so we got... Some clearance there. We got the Muth, Kenny Pickett, and Levi Wallace. They're all deconcussed. So deconcussed. Not- <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, you, you got to go to your nogginologist. Is and a nogginologist is one who studies, uh, you know, nogginology. Sure. Which is, of course, is your noggin. I stayed at a Holiday Inn on Wednesday night, so uh, so I was a nogginologist on Thursday. Absolutely. You know, and then you get you get the guys that got concussed. Well. What's the opposite of getting concussed? Well, you deconcussed. You know, that's just, that's how we roll. <laughs> you funny. You uh, funny, man. You, know, you funny. <laughs> got some weird stuff going on. Anyhow, regardless, that's good news. Okay, the final hurdle has been cleared. And that's important because you obviously want to make sure you got all your ducks in a row before you get the final stamp of giddy up and go. Yep. And they uh, obviously got it. And so I'm excited about it. Looking at this Miami defense, this is a, this is a defense that, uh, you know, Miami is a team that they give the ball away more than they take the ball away. Um, this is not – this is going to be a – you know, they, they've got 12 sacks. you got some people on the outside, Jalen Phillips and Mel Ingram. We know well what Mel can do. Mm-hmm. But, by the way, it seems everybody that was all bent out of shape over the fact that Mel Ingram was uh, the better player, I, I just remind you that uh, Alex Highsmith has six and a half sacks and Mel Ingram has only two sacks. Hey, just saying, okay, just, just saying. saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you got Mel Ingram on one side. You got Jalen Phillips on the other side. Jalen, to move him around on pass rushing situations, he goes into the inside sometimes. He's a long guy. He's 6'5". He's 263, a two-year guy. But interesting about him is that uh, his his length does not does not betray his strength. Mm-mm. You know I like what I mean? That. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like, oh, that's almost like uh, poetic, you know, but... I'm a poet, and I don't even know it because I rock <laughs> talking what I'm all the time. Yeah, see, I'm getting all screwed up. But anyhow, the point is Jalen Phillips and that backing crew with Jerome Baker and Landon Roberts, they're all good. But the guy that does it in the middle, 
Raquan Davis. Did you get a gander at this guy? Ooh. Ooh, that's this guy is as big as a Sasquatch. I, I seriously mean it. <laughs> he might be Bigfoot during the offseason. He could be. Maybe that's his offseason job. You know, he goes out to Washington State and, you know, just kind of lumbers around the forest, putting big <laughs> footprints around. Runs there. around north of Seattle out there. Absolutely. Raquan Davis stands six foot seven and, and goes 335 pounds. Now, think if he was a northern guy. That guy might be up around 350. You know, <laughs> he three, was a northern guy. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Maybe in the off season, that's what happens. You know, he, you know, he gets all fatnized up. You know, we're stomping about the Pacific Northwest, right? Sure. But that's a huge man, and you watch him. It's funny because as a nose tackle, yeah. I, when I first, I, I got a gander at him. You know, statistically, and I'm going, okay, six seven three thirty five. All right. Nose tackle, oh, you get after him. I mean, because 6'7", guys, it's hard sure, to have sure. your pad level down there. And by golly, the guy gets his pad level down there. You know, for a Yeti, he, he's awfully flexible in good body posture yeah. getting his pad level down. No, and he's he's a big part of what they do in the, the interior of that defense as well, too. It's, it's, it's a well-rounded defense, Wolf. You know, I, I don't know if they have the household names like the Steelers do on defense. Maybe right. maybe Xavier Howard, you know, certainly I think at least amongst, you know, football nerds, Xavier Howard they is, know who he is. is yeah. a well-known name, certainly. I mean, he a couple years ago he was, I believe, runner-up for defensive player of the year. He had 11 interceptions the other year. I mean, he's one of the best defensive backs in football. But it's, it's not like the Steelers defense where Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick and you just got star power everywhere, right? Right. Um, but, man, they have got a lot of those guys that, you know, their names might not jump off the the, the stat sheet. Um, they might not be perennial all pros or pro bowlers, anything like that, but they are good football players, and and he's certainly one of them, and, and he's a big part of, of what they do uh, down there in Miami for sure. Well, like I said, they'll play their base 3-4. They'll, they'll get where they'll offset Raekwon in a gap. They'll get inside eye with Emmanuel Ogba and Christian Wilkins on the tackles, what mm-hmm. have you. They'll play, it looks like, uh, some overs-unders or something of that. You know, just some of the usual – packages that go along with that those fronts and and uh, just watching him but Raquan Davis definitely surprised me because I didn't think he could play with such a low pad level for such a big man but he certainly can and then you have Emmanuel Ogba who's uh, 6'4 and 280 and Christian Wilkins interestingly enough Christian Wilkins I remember him most because of something that occurred with the Buff Bills if you remember in one pile oh yeah yeah um you know somebody somebody uh I don't even know how to put this. It was, it was a Uh-oh. fumble. It was, uh, you know, somebody reached somewhere they okay. shouldn't have. That sort I'm, of I'm thing. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm, just, I'm yeah. just saying. I don't know yeah. how to explain that one. <laughs> um, that's not a normal thing that you find in a pile. Pile-ups are kind of interesting because you never know what's going to go on. Sure. You know, sure. you get things like Cody Wallace when he was <laughs> trying to punch the ball out, and he definitely got a ball punched out, but it was – not the football. And, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in other words, other ones, you know, you get in that pileup, and I've known some people uh, <laughs> have choked people. I've known uh, some people have fish-hooked people with a face mask and all kinds no, of stuff. No, never. Come oh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These things happen. And uh, so, anyhow, uh, Christian Wilkins adds to the, um, the accoutrement of uh, weird things that happen in a pileup. We should have a – I should write a book. Weird things that happen at the bottom of a pile. <laughs> you know, 
So anyhow, regardless. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is I, I'm getting. Where's Max when I need him? I'm getting getting all kind of distracted. He make, gives me the right turn there. Uh, but you got Jerome Baker. He's a good good tackler on the inside. And you got a Landon Roberts. All right, another good tackler. One of the guys that's a really good tackler is Brandon Jones, their safety. He's their leading tackler. And uh, Javon Holland, of course, is another excellent uh, defensive back. You got uh, some some very good guys up front there. And I, I truly believe, I think the Steelers can take advantage of these guys. I think they can get after them a little bit. But Raquan Davis is where it starts. And if you don't control the center of that line, and this is going to be a tough one on, on Mason. You know, Mason's got... He's got a little bit of the foot stuff going on. He's got the walking boot and that sort of thing. Uh, it can be a little bit uh, difficult. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely can. And and that's where, I mean, you you know, you, you, you've got to take advantage. You, right. You, you absolutely do. And and that is, you know, everyone is, is going through that in some sense. At this time of year, you know, we spent a big part of this first hour of the show talking about some of the Steelers in, in that regard. Um, but these are – when when you are presented with a, I don't want to say opportunity but you get what I'm saying when, right. when someone isn't you know completely 100% you got to be able to take advantage and maybe attack or expose uh, a weakness that that might create in the defense no question about it and one of the problems that you see on automatically with a guy like Raquan Davis is the fact that at 67 you throw crossing routes, and that can be problematic. <laughs> right, you know, he gets right. his hands up there, and no, that's not a pair of field goal posts there. That's just Raquan <laughs> Davis putting his arms up. You know, six seven. I mean, he's a yeah. he's a massive dude. Yes, he, he is a very massive dude. You look in the pictures of him when he was at Alabama, and it was like he was playing against a middle school team. I mean, and it's just ridiculous. Can you imagine? I mean, think about what this guy eats. You got to fuel that furnace. Ooh. Down in a furnace, that being the South, whether it's Alabama or South Florida. He's from oh. Mississippi, yeah. then to Alabama, now to South Florida. Yeah. I'll bet you this guy can do barbecue like nobody's oh, business. Some good could, barbecue, like, some good I, Cajun. I could, I, I'd like to hang with him. You think he just puts Creole on everything? Oh, man. <laughs> I think he just eats everything and then throws Creole on later. <laughs> man, oh, man. Yeah, 6 7, 3 30 ish. I mean, he he puts it down. Well, if I tell you, and that, and that, uh, and and that. How well, many permani sandwiches <laughs> you think he could eat in one sitting? Oh my goodness, four. I, yeah, yeah. I, I I just gotta believe that he could. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a break and wind up this first hour here. Hey Wolf, uh, yes. real quick before oh, we yeah. go to break, can I can I do the uh, the you, max read? You do for the max, you? please, because okay. I forgot I don't have the reads. Since it's well, since it's Friday, we I think there's just one that we have to do today. But okay. since it's Friday, of course, we got to tell everybody about Yin's Chat. Okay. Uh, Yin's Chat is the Steelers' predictive trivia game on the mobile app. You can answer questions, make picks, and win prizes. Uh, play on your own and verse Steeler Nation now in a public group, or you can create your own private group and compete against family and friends. You can play Yin's Chat exclusively in the Steelers' official mobile app. One of the questions that is asked this week, Chase Claypool over under 40.5 receiving yards against Miami, coming off that big performance against Tampa. Well, if I'm going to go with the over there. I would go over, definitely. I think Chase is this this could kickstart things for Yeah, him. let's have a nice 70, 80, 90 yard performance sure, from, from maybe Chase. Another 100. But, hey, yeah. three bills never hurt anybody, baby. No. So Yin's chat exclusively in the Steelers official mobile app. And we'll be right back. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.